Westbros. Westbros is the most wonderful time of the day, of the week, of the year. Westbros. No, can we take this one from the top? I, I messed up the intro. I, I was trying to go for like a parody on a song, and I didn't actually know what song I was working on. Them like, well, maybe uh, everything's messed yeah, up. Yeah, you're gonna want to destroy the podcast. You're gonna want to edit my audio out anyway, since I I was just hitting my uh, microphone to make sure it was working. Probably should have edited out the entire audio from the last episode. Westbros. Because uh, I did a little, did a little oopsie with my. I don't. I'm not even sure exactly Jake. what I did. I think I messed with the cable on the mic, and then, and then all, all the whole time I'm speaking, I'm like the audio's clipping, even though it's not actually clipping. So it's like, uh, this, this, this is happening all the time. Like, hey, this is Jake, and blah 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 Jake blah. Jake has suddenly become the front runner to win biggest threat to Westbro's audio on any I've given I've always been the biggest threat for this, to the Broly, audio. the second year in a row. Dude, or third I'm year getting in a row, that Broly. Right, really. I'm we gave we gave Jake the uh, 2021 Broly uh, posthumously. Boston's. Not exactly, but I'm surprised that neither you know. Gematria nor uh, the Time Cube guy won a Broly. I'm still I'm still a little flabbergasted well, by that. Like I said, if there was a um, most arranged worldview based on some numbers-based conspiracy theory, then that it probably would have been in the running, but. Sadly, there was not. However, listening back, I did realize that I don't think we ever actually covered Ask Reddit on West Bros last year. So I don't, and we gave it the the award for the worst that worst is true. subreddit. That so is true. I don't know, man. Hmm. So it, it won, but I think it's the concept of Ask Reddit that I was attacking mostly when I when I proposed that. Furthermore, um, I I went on to Ask Reddit recently and came to realize that Ask Reddit is more of like a survey rather than like an advice. I think R slash relationship advice might be ah. Hmm. More of what I you had I, in I, mind. After we've covered the topics here in this episode, McLean, I think we should take a little, little traipse on over to our slash relationship advice. We, before we do that, I think we could help people. Before we do that, before we administer our timeless sage wisdom onto the uh, unwashed, repulsive masses of Reddit.com, uh, you are going to tell me about the Bingham County Sheriff. The Bingham County Sheriff, Jake. This is a story. I don't even know how I missed this, but I remember hearing about this a couple months ago when it happened. And then Gage brought it up to me when we were driving. Uh, to Blackfoot, which is in Bingham County, because Gage is putting in his application to become a cop there. And apparently the standards for law enforcement aren't very high. Yeah, you yeah, know. apparently. Jake, they'll take one-legged cops, with, they'll take crooked sheriffs, I don't care. With the recent influx of discussions regarding uh, law enforcement and its role in the country, you know, some people say law enforcement is outdated and needs to be done away with. Police officers are horrible racist oppressors. Meanwhile, you have other people defending the cops, and, and you have certain instances with these uh, that, that cause these uh, protests and riots. You, you have these uh, incidents, you have these events, and I think everyone can kind of come to the conclusion that there are good cops and there are bad cops. Um... What you're gonna do when they come for you? Bad boys. I don't know. Bad boys. First off, do. let me just say before before we discuss this story, I, I I'd like to stamp a big old allegedly on everything because Bingham County Sheriff Craig Rowland has not been has not been um, declared guilty of anything. He's been charged, but he has not been convicted. So this is you know there's you can't well, can't say anything for sure. I haven't technically gone to jail a, yet. Not yet. This is a real story that is happening rec- recently and nearby to me, so I just want to stamp allegedly on everything here. I can't, I can't speak for if he might be guilty or if, if someone, you know, everything. Just with an air of of innocence, you know. Just, just, just going forward, I want that to be clear here. 
An Idaho sheriff is facing felony charges after confronting a group of girls in their chaperone with a gun outside of his home last month, and has been ordered to Please, turn over his firearms to the Idaho State to. Police. Bingham County Sheriff Craig Rowland is charged with aggravated battery, aggravated assault, and ex ex exhibition of a deadly weapon in connection to the November 9th incident. You got, you got heroin in those ten minutes, huh? Huh? According to investigators, <laughs> the youth group, made up of girls ages 12 to 16, visited the sheriff's home in Blackfoot that evening as part of a Thanksgiving activity in which they deliver paper, thankful turkeys with notes of gratitude to different community members. The girls had been taping the thank you notes to the recipient's door, knocking or ringing the bell, and then running away before the people inside could see who left the turkey. Yeah, as they rang Roland's cute, doorbell, I might say. Uh, let's see. Bingo. Sorry, I had to pull up another article here to supplement the one that I'm currently reading. If I can find my cursor there. Oh, I don't have my... Alright, I'm... Sorry. <laughs> anyway. Um, as they rang Roland's doorbell and ran back to their group leader's car, investigators say, uh, ring doorbell footage captured the sheriff stepping outside, looking at the turkey cutout, reading the thank you message printing on it aloud before saying BS and yelling for his wife to bring him his gun. <laughs> thank you for serving our community. Yeah, friggin' right, give me my gun, honey. We, we gotta settle some, some ordinary criminals to track down here. Them Girl Scouts ain't gonna get away with this crap. Let's see, thank you for serving the community, yada yada yada. Huh. Honey, bring me my gun. <laughs> <laughs> As the chaperone was driving away, Roland waved down her car, then pointed his handgun at her and two girls sitting in her front passenger seat, according to a probable cause affidavit. The sheriff then grabbed the woman by the hair and pulled her out of the vehicle, put the gun up to her forehead, and threatened to shoot her, investigators say. Uh... What? <laughs> Roland said he mistook the girls for potential criminals, thinking they were casing his home. He confronted the victim and repeated, reportedly pulled her out of the car by her hair. The children told an investigator Roland held his gun directly to the victim's head and told her he was going to shoot her. They said he also pointed the gun at the kids in the front passenger seat. This is not a man who should have a job. The case has drawn significant attention not just because of the charges against Roland, but also due to the comments he made to the investigator when interviewed. No, Jake. Uh oh, uh oh. What's, Let's what, say where's this going? <laughs> this, is, this is looking pretty bad already. You know, you you held a gun to a huge. <laughs> no, this is looking bad. But because this those, isn't great. This isn't great. And even he. Sorry, sorry, I wasn't listening. Even, uh, even Roland admitted to I think the mayor it was. He said, you know, I messed up. So, um, he said, uh. You know, so he knows he knows that he could have conducted himself better in this situation, and you kind of have to go into damage control. Maybe not held a gun many, on many a bunch officials, of Many officials were urging uh, Sheriff Roland to resign his position um, because it is an elected position; you can't get fired, so you have to resign. Um, but so, but he hasn't done that yet, and so he's he's held firm. You know, he's. he's I was uh, acting fully within the line of duty. Um, those those were some suspicious-looking <laughs> girls. Okay. <laughs> No, 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 I didn't no, like no, the no. looks of them. He crafted up. I didn't like the looks of them. He crafted up a, uh, you a well reasoned. You can come to my house, print a print a, a paper turkey on my door, and you think you can get away with this garbage? Not in my town, buddy. Not in my town. Now I know this doesn't look good, but Roland here came up with a very well explained um, 
reasoning for why he took the actions he did that night. Quote, I've had drunk Indians drive down my cul-de-sac. I've had drunk Indians come to my door. I live just off of the reservation. We have a lot of reservation people around us that are not good people. <laughs> you never know. He did it. When those, when those Goyal Scouts on your front porch might be a drunk redneck. He, not a drunk. <laughs> he did it. Sorry, he, I said redneck. He, he, I meant red skin. The whole skin, not just the neck. The whole friggin' skin. <laughs> that that is what you you know. If you're if you're back back up against the wall, you're in a corner. Things aren't looking so good. Just say, hey, my bad. Big misunderstanding. You know, there's just too many drunk Indians in this neighborhood. <laughs> so first rule of all, I thought these girls sheriff, stop digging. Stop digging. These comments, believe it or not, these comments drew swift condemnation from the Shoshone Bannock tribes <laughs> with the Foothold Business Council demanding his resignation. Bingham County Prosecutor Paul Rogers, Blackfoot Mayor Mark Carroll, and the ba Blackfoot Police Department also called on Roland to resign. <laughs> Uh, is she is she like getting even more like oh no I'm not no way buddy I'm sticking with my post you can't make you're the not gonna order. cancel me I ain't gonna be a victim of this liberal tears cancel culture no sir um, is he doubling down or is he actually gonna resign he um the fraternal order of police. Of Police Snake River Lodge 35, the branch of the National Union that represents law enforcement in and around Bingham County, also called for Rowland's resignation in a statement Monday. Rowland has not responded to requests for his resignation and remains Bingham County Sheriff. He took a leave of absence during the investigation, but has since returned to work. <laughs> let's see. Let's. How? Why? The gall of this man. So here's the most recent. Here's the most recent um, article on the subject. Well, I guess this isn't the most recent, but a uh, Bingham County Sheriff accused of pulling gun on youth group ordered to surrender firearms. Sheriff Craig Rowland's defense attorney argued against the restrictions, telling the judge the criminal case was quote purely political. Ah. <laughs> These trumped up hey, charges. Hey, this you're is a, to this get is me a witch hunt. Mm, I love the taste of your your liberal tears. I'm drinking so many of them. There's those drunk Indians and those GD Girl Scouts. I, I, the defense I attorney argues. Olson said the charges were politically motivated and suggested that an investigator had included Rollins' remarks about being on edge because of drunk Indians from the nearby reservation in his report in an attempt to hurt the sheriff's career. No, I think you're the doing a attorney, good job of that yourself, buddy. The defense attorney argued that the statement was, quote, taken out of context and has inflamed a portion of the population after Look, receiving national attention. when I attention. said drunk Indians, what I really meant was drunk TP. Now, I'm, I won't say the last part. I'm sorry. <laughs> This is purely political, Olson said. All the Attorney General is trying to do is remove Mr. Rowland from his position. I don't even know you how the Indians... I don't know how the Indians even found out I said that. What, were they sending smoke signals back and forth about it, huh? They, they would get to the big chief and they got into a powwow and said, Oh, big sheriff man bad? Is that what happened? I don't buy it. 
Currently, a no-contact order is in place between the sheriff and all members of the youth group. After a dispute between the attorneys about how many of those girls' parents actually wanted a no-contact order, Eddins told the prosecution to reach out to each victim to find out their preference. A judge will quash no-contact orders for those who say they do not want them in place, he said. A preliminary hearing is in, ca in the case oh, no, set I, I, for I January 26th. I don't think many parents of those kids are going to be like, yeah, no, I'm comfortable with him being around my kids. No, no that it's seems okay. like a weird it's thing. Okay. You know, that seems like happens, a weird thing you know? for the defense attorney to push back on too. It's like, no, actually, they uh, they definitely want to, they definitely want to talk to the sheriff. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, I guess two I mean, weeks until the actual, you know. two weeks until the uh, preliminary hearing for the case, and until then, uh, the sheriff. Sheriff Roland is still sheriff and acting sheriff of Bingham County. <laughs> uh, support your uh, local sheriff, McLean. Craig. He's a good that, man. That's the real problem, is they He's elected a, good a guy boy. named Craig. <sighs> but yeah, um Black or not Blackfoot, but uh Bingham County is just north of Bannock County where I live in, so it's not not the sheriff, not the county I live in, so I have no responsibility. It's not my fault that this guy was elected, just so we're, just so we're clear. I don't understand how he has any kind of defense. He sees the paper turkey. What's he... Look, he sees the paper turkey, right? He gets the gun. After the people have already left, he's getting a gun chasing them down. I'm not even on his property anymore. He chases them down. He, he comes to the car. He sees that it is a youth leader with a bunch of children. And he still thinks, yeah, these are probably criminals. Grabs the woman out by her hair in front of the kid. Like, come on, dude. Come on. You have no defense. Points a gun at her. And then, and then... As his rock solid defense, his his. I thought they were drunk Indians. I'm on edge because of all the drunken Indians around my place. Dude, why do you have a job? Oh this man, he's making a case. This is a public official being an idiot, and he needs to step down. This is political persecution. This case is completely politically motivated. <laughs> oh, that poor man, Sheriff, Sheriff man. Craig. Sheriff Craig is gunning for a, a 2022 Broly, you know, to start the year. I think it's going to sweep re-election, McLean. The Broly re-elections? The Broly re-elections. He's going to win every Broly. So uh, Gage wants to work for, for best this man, legal defense. So Gage is putting in an application to work for this man. Um, uh, Gage is at, would actually be working for the Blackfoot Police Department, like the city. Uh, that... I believe that is the county sheriff here, so. Uh, but wouldn't that be the same... It would be operating at the same, uh, um, whatever it's called. Same area, but not... Same jurisdiction? Not exactly. <coughs> the sheriff and the police department... I had department to shoot that one-legged officer of mine! I thought and he was a drunk Indian! Did I lose my plane? Hooked out on me. R.I.P. Jake. My goodness, look at that. I dropped the call. Wow. McLean's the biggest threat to West Bros's peer-to-peer um, -peer connection, actually, because he's the one always dropping calls. I've never dropped a call on McLean. He's always dropping call calls on me. That is that is unequivocally incorrect, my friend. You drop calls I've never all the time. You just call did it. You. No, I you just did it, but go off, man. That was you. I didn't touch me. I didn't touch my phone. You did. Anyway, not even the point. Incorrect. Here. 
Hold on a second. I gotta replenish my supply of uh, uh, Coca-Cola new and improved zero sugar, now more delicious, and then on giant letters on the side of the can, recycle me. Recycling is a scam. That's a topic for a different West Bros episode because I don't have material pulled up for that. But yeah, the whole idea of, of uh, recycling, it's a complete scam. But anyway. Interesting. Um, you don't need to rub it in the fact that I'm currently tapped out of sip at the moment. Do need to replenish the sip supply. I'm out of sip. Wait. Only simps drink sip. Okay, whatever, man. Whatever, What's man. What's a sip? Is that just slang for soda pop? It's soda what pop? Gage and I call soda. Dad calls it baby soda, so uh, you, you, sip is to, probably the preferable. You're trying to get your own, like, uh, uh, Discord slang going for that, you know? What, yeah, trying to get your own, like, 90s slang. Is that like the r slash whatever slang? It's like, hey, man, get that new sip <laughs> Well, if it... I'm, I'm a, I'm a wage If it wasn't before, it's gonna be now. To buy my sip, you know? I'm, I'm spending my meat oh, yeah. bucks. I'm starting my own here. Discord server. Huh? Shaving McLean, that's the topic here. Last one of, uh, let's see here. Freshman in high school. Either freshman in high school or eighth grade. Uh, one of those. Uh, our dear father gave me my first razor. It was an electric razor, and that thing was a weasel. It was a weasel gnawing on my face. And I thought, yeah, that's just Everyone gets an electric razor these days. I don't know, but I figured that's just how shaving works. And you know, being a being a dumb kid, I'm like, yeah, whatever the easiest way to do things is, that's the way I'm gonna do things. So uh, I'm gonna use this electric razor that chews up my face, and I'm not gonna learn about well anything really in the long run. And I'm just gonna go to college because apparently I can just uh, get a student loan and go off and do nothing for four years, and I don't really want to do anything anyway. So I'm gonna go do you're, that. You're getting Biggest off topic. Scale. Getting off topic. Big, sorry, I veered there. The uh, point is, I figured that's just how you shave, was with an electric razor. Turns out, um, garbage. Uh, absolute garbage. Yeah. And I have, so I upgrade. I upgrade myself to, um, I start shaving a few years later when I realized that, uh, electric razor totally sucked. I thought, there's gotta be a better way. I'm gonna use this, uh, the real manly man's razor. The, um, uh, The cartridge uh, razors. Uh, cartridge disposable razor. Um, uh, that's not even a cartridge razor, that's just a disposable razor. That's even worse. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, no, that's right, that's what I was doing. I did disposable razor, then we did cartridge razor. Um, hold on a second. I found out, anyway, basically I found out, over the course of a while, that every new invention in shaving technology has made shaving worse. Every, every it's new true. thing that comes along worsens shaving. We've made shaving more convenient, and yet, it's worse. The, the sacrifice you make for convenience, I think it, I think that could be said about a lot about society these days. Society. Oh, that's insane. Um, let's see here. The first person to receive a patent for a razor powered by electricity was John Francis O'Rourke in 1898. The first working electric razor was invented in 1915. Uh, this one in 1930, 37. And then the concept of revolving rotary electric razor. Uh, uh, cutting hair off, entering the head of the razor at skin level. Uh, these all sucked, basically. Um, early versions of electric razors were meant to be used on dry skin only. Many recent ones have a level with dry use. Uh, the point is, um, they, they've been working on electric razor for a long time, but it always sucked. It was always the worst thing ever, so it just never took off until... Until more recently. Well, my understanding is that the electric razor was originally invented in like the 1940s or 50s, and it was just this thing that the busy businessman was, was supposed was to shove in his one, suitcase. That was, that was when the first one that was like not completely the worst, like, was invented. Hold on a second. I'm gonna pull up a better article about this. But, I mean, well, you're basically you guys... just running a small lawnmower over your face. Hmm. <laughs> oh, I mean, it is. Let's see here. And expecting it to work. 
from... Oh, this is from Art of the Manliness. The last time I had shaved with an electric razor was when I was 16, 15 years ago. I remember the shave being poor and uncomfortable. Shaving with it was akin to holding a small rodent to my face and letting it chew off my stubble. Terrible razor burn, especially on the neck, was the typical result. Um, last year, after shaving with a safety razor for nearly a decade, I started wondering if electric razors had gotten any better. We've had a lot of technical innovations since the 90s, and surely electric shaving has also improved. I uh, wanted to uh, revisit it out of pure laziness, uh, if I'm being in the morning when it didn't have much time for a wet shave. So, uh, before we get to reviews, I thought it would be interesting and helpful to offer a bit of history and detail the differences between the two main types. The predecessor of the electric razor was a wind-up safety razor that vibrated the blade back and forth, sort of like those battery-powered Gillette Power Fusion razors do today. It was invented back in 1906 by W.G. Shockey and was actually pretty popular during the first quarter of the 20th century. You still had to use shaving cream, but the idea of mechanized shaving had been born. It was in 1927 that Jacob Schick invented the first fully electric dry shaving razor. He got the idea for a device while serving in the army. Uh, according to Schick, uh, he injured his ankle which, in, when he was in the army, forcing him to crawl out of bed every morning to melt ice for the water he needed for shaving. So he set out to invent an electric razor. It caught on with travelers, and soon most trains, planes, and ships had electric sockets in the bathrooms into which a shaver could be plugged. In 1937, Remington introduced a close shaver out of the microscreen foil over the oscillating blades for a more comfortable shave. Like the Schick injector razor, you, or electric razor, sorry, you needed to be tethered to a power cord to use it. Um, former New England Patriots owner, Victor Keem, loved his Remington shaver so much he bought Go the company. Pat. In fact, that became his catchphrase in commercials. Oh, I yeah. liked the shaver so I much, the, I, I bought the, the company. I loved it so much, I bought it. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Which is ironic since uh, the Patriots now play in Gillette Stadium. Oh, yeah, yeah, let's see here, blah, blah, blah. By the late 40s, battery-powered electric razors entered the market, and in 1960, Remington introduced the first rechargeable electric razor. The companies producing them marketed them as tools and accessories for the jet-set affluent man. From the 30s well into the 80s, electric razors were often packaged in silk-lined or leather clamshell cases to imbue the razor with an aura of luxury. Since the rise of the electric razor during the post-war years, the various companies have been in an arms race to add features and design elements to razors to make them more appealing to men. Um, these days, I mean, these days they just look like these robotic monstrosities. All of them are just like these, they're like little cars, you know? Or like, I don't know how to describe it, it's like, just yeah. some, uh, they're like, they're hundreds of dollars. Um, so he goes into one so he, that he bought, let's see, here's a uh, $250 Bronze Series 7. Incorporated intelligent sonic technology with active lift technology, 10,000 micro vibrations a minute, uh, three personalization modes, blah blah blah. Um, uh, anything that wasn't on my cheeks was subpar. The place that cost me the worst frustration was his neck, no matter how thorough or a job he did. Patches of unshaved whiskers would remain. Uh, I'd always end up having to go back with a safety razor to clean up the whiskers. Uh, instructions said it would. The instructions said it could take a few weeks for your skin and beard to adjust to shaving with a foil electric razor, so I hope things would get better with time. They never did. So, I mean, if it... Here's the thing about the history of shaving. Every time you add more blades to something, it gets worse at shaving. I don't know why. Exactly. The cartridge the cartridge razors, the, which is considered a safety razor in itself, the cartridge safety razors are safety trash. Razor? Because oh, no, they have, like... Ones, no, no, yeah. the... The cartridge ones, yeah, because they have like three to like four to five, seven blades, and they just keep running the same couple blades over your skin. It'll uh, get too far under the skin, it'll cause uh, 
ingrown hairs, infections, all that. It's gross. Exactly. Uh, anyway, uh, this was an expensive razor, but it performed exactly the same as the $40 version I had in high school. And he goes into other ones, and they're all basically terrible. Um, the, oh yeah, the, that's the first one I had. It was one of those three ro rotary heads with, like, the three different ones, uh, rotating the ridge. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah. Here. It was not worth $350. Electric shave! A few months into my electric shaving experiment, I was disappointed with the amount of stray whiskers it was leaving behind. I was getting tired of having to rub the razor head over my sensitive neck and skin again and again, only to have to ultimately bust out the safety razor to clean things up. Then one night, while watching Pawn Stars, a woman re-entered my life who I hadn't seen in a long time. It was Carmen Electra. Um, she was, uh, let's see here, uh, I hadn't seen much of her since high school, but there she was, pitching a men's grooming product called Lectra Shave. I'd seen this before, but never paid much attention to it since I didn't use an electric razor. I can only imagine the pitch meeting for this campaign. I got the greatest idea, guys. It's called Electric Shave, and we'll get Carmen Electra to pitch it. I learned, I learned from the commercial that the reason I was getting poor shaves was because my beard was laying down. If I splashed electric shave on my skin before shaving with my electric razor, my whiskers would pop to attention like a boot camp soldier, allowing me to get a 52% closer shave. So the following day, I went to Walgreens and bought some. Uh, blah, blah, blah. After a minute, I started to shave, and the results were no noticeable difference. So it does smell nice, though. Concluding thoughts, it's, it's electric shaving is an idea. That sounds great in the abstract, but fails quite short in practice. I can wholeheartedly recommend that you don't shave with these. They're handy for travel or a day when you're lazy and don't care about getting a great shave, but you get a better shave with a safety razor or even a straight razor. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a pension for all things old. I scientifically tested it. <clears throat> so yeah, uh, electric razors, absolutely garbage. What are you doing? Stop it. You're, you're a lazy little boy. That's why you use an electric Yeah, razor. exactly. If you have an electric razor, the reason you have an electric razor was because you were given it when you turned 14. You, you were given an electric razor because everyone uses electric razors. And you use it, and you know it's bad. You're quite aware that it's bad, but you don't actually know that there's anything better than it. Cartridge well, you do, but you're like, oh, but I, I, the might, I, might, I might cut myself with the other razor. I'm a little tiny baby boy. That's the problem here. Um, first off, yes, you will cut yourself. Second off, stop crying about it. Man you will cut yourself the first, uh, first time, off, and then you'll be like, oh, that's how this works. Okay. First off, there's the electric razor. Then several steps above is the cartridge razor. And you think, once you start using the cartridge razor with the now shaving I'm a manly cream, man. you get yourself a can of Barbasol, you get yourself a can of Barbasol, and you start using the cartridge razor, and you think, wow. Shaving can never get better than this. And then you realize that that is actually trash when you get a safety razor and you actually get the, the badger brush, the badger fur brush, and you start whipping up some uh, shaving soap. Don't use Barbasol. Yeah. You're a baby. Exactly. Then you think, man, shaving can't get any better than this. And then you finally become a man once you start using a straight razor. Basically, you just have to keep stepping back in history, and then you realize the best way to shave was the way those Civil War vets were with their, with their straight razors. Um, my, I have a uh, straight razor that I bought from, it's from like late 1800s, but it needs to be resharpened, so I haven't used it yet. I just started using the safety razor, the 1920s Gillette safety razor I have with a uh, double, double edge blade, and um, because I finally found the place I would sell the blades for it. It was a uh, local Fred Meyer, they're still expensive, I gotta find cheaper blades. But anyway, the point is, I started using that best shave ever, okay? Best shave ever, better than, better than any of those five blade monstrosities, okay? Well, I bought, um, 
I, I already told you that I bought a straight razor off of Amazon for 20 bucks and it's kind of trash so I don't actually use it. But as dad fell down the safety razor rabbit hole, so did I. Uh, as a matter of fact, just today dad and I were in a, th were in a uh, antique store and he bought a uh, gym single edge razor. We made a Bakelite, like a Bakelite handle. Ah, the predecessor um, so he, of he's been He's got himself quite a bit of a collection of uh, safety razors at this point. Oh, so I've noticed, so I've noticed. Um, let's see here. A safety razor is a shaving implement with a protective device positioned between the edge of the blade and the skin. The initial purpose of these devices was to reduce the level of skill needed for injury-free shaving, thereby reducing the reliance on professional barbers. Uh, protective devices for razors have existed since the 1700s. Um, safety razors, though, were popularized in the 1900s by Gillette's invention, the double-edged safety razor. While other safety razors of the time used blades that required stropping before use and had to be honed by a cutler, Gillette's razor used a disposable blade with two sharpened edges. Gillette's invention became the predominant style of razor during and after the First World War, when the U.S. Army began issuing Gillette shaving kits to its servicemen. Um, cartridge razor. Okay, yeah, so cartridge razors, the, the idea was, um, you would take the safety razor, but, like, you wouldn't have to handle the blades. The blade came pre-packaged, and so it, it was like, okay, it always, it always sounds nice in theory, but you just end up with a worse result. It just ends up being worse. Alright, this is a different article from Martin Manliness. Proper shaving is becoming a lost art. Today's average male has no clue about the fine art of the traditional wet shave their grandfathers and fathers used to take part in. Instead, they're only accustomed to the cheap disposable shaving products that companies market. I'm not sure when or why it happened, but the tradition of passing down the secrets of a clean shave abruptly stopped. Um, it reduces costs. An eight-pack of your typical four-blade cartridge razors can set you back over twenty dollars. That's about a two fifty per cartridge. The cost of a double-edged safety razor is no more than twenty-five cents. Oh, for the blade, right. You can save some serious money by switching over. Additionally, you can save money by using traditional shaving creams and soaps. A can of chemically packaged gel goop can cost you about, about five bucks a can and doesn't even last that long, and they don't give you a quality shave. On the other hand, traditional shave creams and soaps are made out of natural materials. Uh, blah blah blah. <clears throat> uh, traditional wet shaving with a double-edged safety razor uses less waste than shaving with cartridge razors. The only waste is a single metal razor blade and lather down the sink. Unlike today's razor cartridges, a double-edged blade can be easily recycled. Blah blah blah. Scam, but you know, I'll get into that later. Now, some uh, some other Westbros episode, we need to talk about the giant recycling scam. It's, it's, it's insane. I feel like there's a lot of scams that we haven't tackled. But oh, yeah. the 2022 biggest scam award, Broly. Yeah, that, that could be, that could go to it. Yeah, most men today walk around not knowing they have horrible shaves. Electric razors and the latest five-blade contraptions irritate the skin more than needed, leaving razor burn, ingrown hairs, and redness. Shaving with a safety razor will eliminate skin irritation to give your face a clean, healthy look because you're just using one blade instead of several that chew your face up to cut your whiskers. Uh, switching from a cheap disposable razor to a double-edged safety razor is like upgrading from a Pinto to a Mercedes. A safety razor is a machine. It's nice holding a piece of heavy, sturdy metal in your hand while you're shaving as opposed to a piece of cheap plastic. You can find safety razors in many Couldn't places. Agree First, ask your grandpa if he still has his. He probably does. If he doesn't, try checking antique stores. I found my 1966 Gillette Super Speed safety razor in an antique store in Vermont, and I only paid 10 bucks. I paid 10 bucks Hey, for those my... Gillettes where you, uh... You can twist the yeah, bottom and it opens the up with the butterfly top. super speed. Yeah, those are, first off, mechanical genius. Yeah, Second that's, off, that's, I think they're pretty neat. Yep, that's my Gillette Aristocrat from the 20s. I found that in Little Shop of Hoarders over in Springfield a, few, a, a while back for about for about 10 bucks, And it's still in this cool leather velvety case. 
It's really cool looking. Um, the Vanderhagen Safety Razor it looks to be like the most widely sold safety razor. Brand yeah, it's new. like the old, it's, it's probably the only modern everywhere. one that you can still buy in a store, like a Fred Meyer. You can buy. Yeah, one. it's that's, it's that's at Fred Meyer. My, it's uh, at Bed Bath and Beyond and Target and all that. Yeah, that's where I get my blades from. Is, is those ones? Yeah. Um, Dad, like I said, you know Dad. Um, but he he's been ordering just along with every type of safety razor. He's been ordering dozens of types of different blades so he's got tons of different yeah. different ones to choose from Until he's got different blades different razors and different uh soaps and aftershaves yep 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 aftershave man great product i, I have an aqua velvet musk and i love the smell of that stuff um i haven't found a good smelling aftershave yet have you tried aqua velvet musk i like that one. i have not anyway. but the cremo shave soap i like i don't know if you've tried cremo like products before, but they make I, a good um, classic bourbon and oak right shampoo that I have, and then I have a uh, shave soap that is citrus and sage from them. You, good you stuff, can blame good stuff. you can blame Burma Shave for moving away from shave soap and to the to the stuff in the can. It's true. They're the ones who came up with the brushless shaving shaving soap. They gave but us anyway. they gave us the signs, but they took away the, the shave soap. A little give and take here. My point is here, it seems like culture has this thing where we perfect an idea. We get, we, we perfect a product, like a, like a razor, like, you get a quality shave from a safety razor, it's perfect, and then we decide, nah, we want to crap this thing up. So around the 60s or 70s, we invent a terrible new version of it, but hey, it's new, so we complete, we replace the old good thing with a new terrible thing. Why do we do it? I don't know, we're insane. We're nuts. But, Jerk, you did make a comment a while back, and like he said, um, we have a habit of once we perfect something, replacing it with something that's absolute trash, and then slowly perfecting that, and then replacing it with something that's absolute trash. And I've been thinking about that, like what you said, because one, I always think what Jake says is absolute hooey. So, but uh, but that one stuck in my mind. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you got a point. Um, it's a little a little weird to think of it like that, but yeah, there is to a point. Um, I think you're right about that, or at least you got a point. It's something to think about the fact that. I think we are just so like attracted to what's new and popular that we will just kind of chuck whatever we had to just get the new and the most new technologically advanced quote unquote thing. We're progressive. The risk of injury from handling razor blades was reduced in 1970 when Wilkinson released its bonded shaving system, which embedded a single blade in a disposable polymer plastic cartridge. A flurry of competing models soon followed with everything from one to six blades, with many cartridge blade razors having disposable handles. Cartridge blade razors are sometimes considered to be a generic category of their own and not a variety of safety razor. The similarities between single-edged cartridge blade razors and the classic injector razor do however provide blah blah blah. blah. In 1974, Bic introduced the disposable razor. Yeah, we moved to a disposable society. Uh, anyway, instead of being a razor with a disposable blade, the entire razor was manufactured to be disposable. Gillette's response was the Good News Disposable Razor, which was launched in the U.S. market in 1976 before the Bic disposable was made available. Shortly thereafter, Gillette modified it to add an aloe strip above the razor, resulting in the Good News Plus. Um, yeah, that's that little... That's that little, like, uh, green or white strip of, like, felt that's above a razor when you see it, above the, uh, blades and those things. The purported benefit of the aloe strip was to ease discomfort felt on the face. In direct response to the bonded cartridge, Gillette introduced a twin blade. 
Gillette introduced the Twin Blade Track 2. They claimed that research showed the tandem action of the two blades to give a closer shave than a single blade because of the hysteresis effect. In addition to the cutting action of the first blade, it's supposed to pull the hair out of the follicle into which it does not fully retract before the second blade cuts it further. The extent to which this is true has, however, been questioned. Gillette introduced the first triple blade cartridge razor in the Can't Mach hear a 3. word Jake is saying right now. What? You can't hear a word I'm saying right now. What He's going, that? though. He's going. I cannot hear what you're saying. You're clipping How in and out, now, man. How about now, man? What is wrong with you? You are... Are you good, McLean? That is a little... That is better. Okay. Yes, anyway. it is my fault. And the reason it's my fault is Jake has to adjust something on his end. McLean, That's how you know it's my if fault. If you think Jake two plays was good... If you think two plays was good on your cheap disposable throwaway razor... Wait, no. Have no you way. thought of... No three? No. The heck you ah. say? That's insane. They would never put three blades. Ah, no, in 1998. They would never offer me that close of a shave. <laughs> By adding a third blade, it must be a closer shave, those three blades. Chick responded to the Mach 3 with the Quattro, the first four-blade cartridge razor. No way. These innovations no way. are marketed with the message that they help consumers achieve the best shave as easily as possible. Another impetus for the sale of multi-blade cartridges, they have high profit margins. With manufacturers frequently updating their shaving systems, consumers become locked into buying the proprietary cartridges for as long as the manufacturer continues to make them. Subsequent to introducing the higher-priced Mach 3 in 1998, Gillette's blade sales really realized a 50% increase, and profits increased in an otherwise mature market. The marketing of increasing number of blades in a cartridge has been parodied since the 70s. The debut episode of Saturday Night Live in 1975 included a parody advertisement for the Triple Track Razor shortly after the first two-blade razor was advertised. Triple Track. Mad Magazine announced that Track 76 arranged as a chain of cartridges with a handle on each end. In the early 1990s, <laughs> the Australian Late Show skidded a Gillette 3000 with 16 blades and 75 lubricating strips, arrived at by working in conjunction with NASA scientists. The first blade distracts the hair. The 16th of January 19, in an episode of Mad TV, ran a parody commercial advertising the Spy Shack Mach 20, with blades that variously cut away that pesky second layer of skin and gently smooth out the jawbone, culminating in a blade that destroys the part of the brain responsible for hair growth. In 2004, a satirical article in The Onion predicted the release of five blade cartridges two years before their commercial introduction. Uh, South Korean manufacturer Dorco released a six-blade cartridge in 2012, and then a seven-blade cartridge. Gillette's also produced powered variants of the Mach 3 and Fusion. More blades! Except More. A, single, a single AAA battery which is used to produce vibration in the razor to raise hair up and away from the skin prior to being cut. These claims were ruled in court as being unsubstantiated and inaccurate. So, a long, a long way to say, basically, Safety Razor was fine, guys. Stop. It's better than all of your garbage. You're selling us a bill of goods. This is snake oil. Cartridge Razors are snake oil. This is true. Just just get a Safety Razor and use it for the rest of your life and then pass it on to your grandkid. Get a Straight Razor and use it for the rest I mean, of that's your why life. They the man. That's why they wanted to replace it. There's not a big profit margin on just selling like a 25 cent blade. They gotta sell you the whole razor. Yeah, yeah, that's why uh, electric razors are made. Yeah, because you can charge, charge like 400 bucks for that, I mean, come on. And of course, the electric razor is only going to hold out so long anyway. But... Oh, yeah. 
Let's see, do they, do they have any other shaving-related things to discuss here? Um, oh yeah, uh, you're not gonna cut yourself. Stop it. Well, you are gonna cut yourself a little bit the first time you do it when you once you realize what angle and how hard to press that razor tip. Uh, I still cut myself razor. here and there. Safety razor, hold it very lightly and just very lightly graze your skin with it. And you gotta pass over your skin a couple of times. You're not, you're not hacking it all off in one go. If you're not a little baby boy, you're not gonna cut yourself. And if you do, you're not gonna cry about it because you're not a little baby boy. If you are a little there baby boy, then there might be some trouble there. But it sounds like the problem is not shaving. The problem is you being a little baby boy. I mean, I don't even understand. Whenever you cut yourself shaving, you don't even realize it until you see blood. And the only time it hurts is when you gotta splash the aftershave on it like, ha! Sting! No, yeah, I got myself pretty good behind the ear yesterday. Uh, yeah, I've been experimenting with shaving... I cut myself I've been once. experimenting with shaving against the grain, and that's that's a tricky, tricky subject. And if you want to cut yourself, try that. Try shaving against the grain. I, I, I got a little bit of a nicky-nick the first time I tried. Uh, uh, the safety razor, but I figured out, oh, just don't press down so hard. Yeah. That's, that's literally it. Um, Jake, you've got a full beard. How are you shaving anyway? I'm shaving on, I don't have a full beard. I'm, well, I mean, I have a full beard, but I'm shaving like the neck. I don't like the hair on the neck, and I keep it off around behind the ears. I try to keep a straight line back here. I get my cheeks off. <laughs> you know. Have you ever thought of you look a million being times clean better. shaving? I look like you, a little baby You made boy fun of me for being a beta male cuck for not shaving. Hypocrite. The two of us, here's, here's the thing, Melanie. The two of us, first of all, first off, more, I am against beard growth for all men, first of all, because for whatever reason, this day and age, everyone wants to do it. Except for terrible. me. Only all animals are equal, but Jake is, is not, not the Here's the, the thing, here's Jake's the thing. Better. Beards look terrible at almost everyone. There's a few people who pull off beard because they can grow it well. They have the testosterone. I, I pull up pretty well. I can't quite grow it in on the cheeks, but everything else, it, it's solid. I don't, it doesn't look crappy. My beard doesn't look crappy. That's the first step. And I would shave it off. I would go clean shaven just because everybody else, the beard is the thing now. I would go completely clean shaven. If not for the fact, I have a little, I have a weird face. Okay? Alright? This is not, Jake's I'm not being got a, Admittedly, Jake's face is pretty weird. <laughs> this is just a fact of life. I have a weird face because of the because of the cleft of palate. So I look a little. Jake, you being self conscious is beta. Be more that confident in yourself. But I do have a little bit of a baby face going just because of my weird lip. All right. A beta face. Better. Couldn't agree more. Exactly. I look better with a beard. I am the rare person whose face is actually improved by the beard. All right. But for most okay. everybody else with a normal face that doesn't have a big old scar on their lip and a weird. Just shave. You look terrible. I wish I could shave it all off. I want to go clean shaving just because everybody else looks like a hobo these days. But this is the world we live in. I'm sorry. Perhaps when I'm perhaps Jake. when I'm an old man, or when I'm an old wrinkly man, and nobody will say that old man has a baby face, then I'll shave it all off. I don't know. Would you like to dispense some advice on Reddit? Well, actually, for, before I get to Reddit, I have. Here's the thing, McLean. Credit cards are a scam. Alright? Oh boy. I got into an argument with Gage last night. Here's the thing. Here's, well, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna head out. Thank you. It's been it's been fun, everybody. Uh Jake will Jake will take you the rest of the way through this episode of West Bros. <laughs> this is how it started. 
I mean, I, I've been listening. I mean, I always thought credit cards and credit scores were was, was a giant scam in the first place. I always thought, I, I, I was, something that was told me in the back of my mind, it just seemed like common sense that credit cards, buying stuff on credit was just a bad idea. Like, that, that's like a totally new idea. Oh, just, just uh, put it on credit. Like, if you don't have the money, don't buy it. Like, that's just common sense. Only pay cash. But, but uh, I was listening to, um... Uh, the Dave Ramsey show recently because I've been getting into financial planning, budgeting, investing, and that kind of stuff. So it's just something that interests me. And the more, and I was listening to this, and every once in a while, I get something that comes across my feed about somebody who doesn't like Dave Ramsey. And it, it, every time it came down to, well, I don't think I should have to give up my credit card. That's stupid. I I can manage credit. Why do you think I shouldn't use a credit card? And it's just like, what what is it with you and this credit card thing? It's like it's weird. Why why do you think a credit card is so essential to life itself? It's odd. It's a completely new invention. A credit card is a payment card issued to users to enable the cardholder to pay a merchant for goods and services based on the cardholder's accrued debt, i.e. promise to the card issuer to pay them for amounts plus the other agreed charges. Uh, the, we all know how a credit card works. You, you, you basically go into debt when you buy things. You don't actually pay for things. You just uh, say, yeah, I'll pay later, and there'll be a little interest. So at the end of the month, I'll pay what I owe plus interest and everyone thinks everyone thinks they're going to be the one who can manage this right everyone's like oh yeah now i'm responsible i can pay it off um like eight, something like 70 to 80 percent of people are not responsible with credit cards like if you think you're the smart one you're an idiot you're dumb it's gonna it's gonna catch up with you like, it's, it's nuts. Um, a credit card is different from a charge card, which requires the balance to be repaid in full each month rather than a big statement cycle. Uh, yeah, so we used to use charge cards, and I don't know if you've heard of those, but that's... Do you remember uh, charge plates? What was... Okay, hold on. Charge plates. I've heard them referenced in old-time radio before. Let me look. Um... Charge plate, developed in 1928, was a predecessor of the credit card and was used in the U.S. from the 30s to the late 50s. It was a rectangle of sheet metal related to a dressograph and military dog tag systems. It was embossed with the customer's name, city, and state. It held a small paper card on the back for a signature. Uh, when it recorded a purchase, a plate was laid into an imprinter with a paper charge slip position on top of it. The record included the record of the transaction included an impression of the embossed information made by the imprinter pressing an ink ribbon against the charge slip. Charge plate was a trademark of fair- so you so you had like this little, little this little uh, embossed plate and it was like oh charge me for it and they would take your plate and record the transaction with it by it's kind of like a um oh uh, what do you call that like a like a rubbing you know, when you run a pencil over. Anyway, well, that, that's a charge plate. Uh, it was used to speed up back office bookkeeping and copying errors. Let's see here. Um, air travel card. In 1934, American Airlines and the Air Transport Association simplified the process for the advent of the air travel card. They created a numbers, numbering scheme that identified the issuer of the card as well as the customer account. Uh, modern UATP cards still start with the number one. With the air travel card, passengers could buy now and pay later for a ticket against their credit, receive a 50% discount on accepting airlines. Uh, by 1951, half of airline revenues came through the air travel card agreement. In 1948, airline, the air travel card became the first internationally valid charge card. Uh, oh, oh, Diner Club. Yeah, yeah, early general purpose charge cards. Diner's Club, Carte Blanche, and American Express. The concept of customers paying different merchants using the same card was expanded in 1950. 
by Ralph Schneider and Frank McNamara, founders of Diners Club Incorporated to consolidate multiple cards. The Diners Club, which was created partially through a merger with Dine and Sign, produced the first general purpose charge card and required the entire bill to be paid with each statement. That was followed by Carte Blanche 58 and American Express, which were created a worldwide credit card network, although they were initially charge cards. So up until 1958, McLean, we didn't have credit cards. We had charge cards. It was completely different. A charge card, you had to pay back that amount that you promised you'd, you'd pay back at the end of the month. There wasn't interest, you just paid it back later. A credit card is, is different. It, it seems like the same thing, but it's not. Until 1958, no one had been able to successfully establish a revolving credit financial system in which a card issued by a third-party bank was accepted by a large number of merchants, as opposed to a merchant-issued revolving cards accepted only by a few merchants. 1958, Bank of America launched the Bank AmeriCard in Fresno, which became the first modern credit card. The card succeeded where others failed by breaking the chicken and egg cycle, in which customers didn't want to use a card that few merchants would accept, and merchants didn't want to accept a card that few cons consumers used. Uh, basically, that took off, and uh, early credit cards mass-produced, uh, mass-mailed unsolicited to bank customers who were thought to be good credit risks. They've been mailed off to unemployable people, drunks, narcotics addicts, and their compulsive debtors. Uh, it was like giving sugar to diabetics. Here's the thing. Credit cards, man. Credit cards. Biggest scam. Because they completely rely on fleecing the worst... <laughs> it's kind of like a... Well, what's a good thing to compare it to? There's, there's a few people who can manage the money well. Most people can. Credit cards are predatory by nature. The reason they exist is because it's a huge money-making thing for the banks. Because they get a ton of money from stupid people with credit cards. Because like only a tiny minority of people are like, Oh yeah, I actually, I'm, I'm responsible with it. I pay it off in time. Uh, first of all, if you want a credit card, you're a little baby boy who can't pay for something with cash. You want it now, and you'll pay later. You don't have any concept of delayed gratification. And then this is, I'll, I'll get into other stuff in a minute, but like, initially, yeah, you're a little baby boy who wants to use credit to buy things. Just save your money, okay? Pay cash. But, everyone thinks they're the responsible one who, oh yeah, I could pay it off in a month, but you, if, if you really are the responsible one, you are in a tiny minority, these things are designed to take advantage of people who can't manage finances, or people who aren't like super on top of it. They're predatory by nature. The whole thing's a scam, okay? The whole thing is a scam. Hold on, let's see here. Dum -dum -dum -dum. With credit cards and lines of credit abundantly available, getting what you want right away has become common practice, regardless of whether you have the cash to pay for it. There are many popular excuses for convincing yourself that this is a good thing. It's, it's hard, it is not hard to understand why we have become a nation of debtors. These days, McLean, debt is a good thing. You need debt! You gotta build that credit score up, McLean! You should be in debt! If you're not in debt, McLean, you're losing! The only way to win the game is to play with other people's money. Mm. Listen, here's uh, nine reasons why credit's uh, from investopedia.com, nine reasons credit is bad. Number one, at best, an unwillingness to exercise self-control when it comes to money can rob you of financial security. At worst, an impulsive attitude toward buying can have a negative impact on other areas of your life, including self-esteem, substance abuse, and interpersonal relationships. Exercising restraint might be difficult and boring, but it offers rewards and advantages, such as actually achieving financial goals. It also means, if you're taking out credit, you likely don't have a budget. 
Without a budget, it's easy to forget how charging a cup of coffee here and a new book later can add up during the month that gets you in trouble. If you don't have a budget, it's easier to make than you think. It could be as simple as making a list that shows how much money you earn in a month followed by a running total of expenses. Uh, number three, the reason that self-control is important with finances isn't moral or spiritual, it's practical. Credit card interest rates are ex insanely high, making your purchases more expensive. For example, if you buy something for $1,000 by using a credit card with an 18% interest rate, and you make the minimum payment each month, you'll end up paying $175 with interest after a year and still owe $900 and $946 on your purchase. If you don't have the money to pay for cash for something in the first place, you shouldn't be buying it. Rates can rise with unpaid balances. To add insult to injury, the great annual percentage rate that you thought you had on your credit card might have been an introductory rate subject to increase if the balance isn't paid off in full. 8% APR can easily skyrocket to 29% at the blink of an eye. Ah, oh, that'll never happen to me, you say. I'll pay my balance in full as soon as it's payday. Yeah, life happens. You are going to be derailed by unanticipated expenses like car repairs or whatever else happens to you. Credit card balances go unpaid, your credit scores diminish. I'll get into credit score in a minute. Um, uh, bad habits risk your relationships. Financing leads to more spending. Most folks will spend more money by purchasing unneeded or overly expensive items when they pay with credit instead of cash. This is purely psychological because buying a $1,000 laptop or smartphone won't seem like a life change if you sign a receipt and don't even think about paying it for a month. On the other hand, when you physically feel the $100 bill leaving your hand if you pay with cash, it gives you a better sense of how much it costs and how much money you have left in your wallet. This can also apply if you pay by check and then record the purchase in a checkbook. So here, here, the thing is, um, they, did, they did a study, I think, and it proved that among, among financially responsible people, people who pay with credit cards paid like 18% more. They bought, they spent 18% more money than people who didn't. Uh, it will likely lead to bank. It could lead to bankruptcy. When you go on spending sprees without a plan to pay them off, or if your plan goes awry because you lost your job or got hit with medical bills, you will find yourself hopelessly in debt. Declaring bankruptcy will scar your credit history for up to ten years, and blah blah blah. It'll erode your peace of mind. If you don't owe money, you don't gotta worry about late fees, interest, annual limits, over limit fees. The best way to buy something is to save and buy it when you can afford it. The bottom line is, credit could work well if balances are paid off each month, but it can easily become disastrous when poorly managed. The convenience, protection, and rewards offered by credit cards make them handy financial tools, but there are major risks. But you think, nah, 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 McLean, 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 I need... Oh, oh this, I don't know if I want to read this article, but it goes into how companies like Capital One, they, they like rig the system so that... Credit cards especially will take advantage of lower income people because they just they end up in so much debt. It is so easy to get just swamped in debt very fast with credit cards. And companies like Capital One really, really target, um, well, most, uh, most credit card companies do. They're, they are predatory by nature, but uh, Capital One is just like one of the worst about just hammering poor people with credit card. Like, oof, it's bad. You want to stay poor? Get a credit card. Um, where is... Uh, I was back here. Oh, you think, oh yeah, no, 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 I, look, I, I see your point, you should, you should pay cash, but Jake, Jake, you need a good credit score, okay? Credit score is the most important thing about life, McLean. Credit score! You don't understand, I gotta be McLean. honest, I could not give one less of a rip about this subject. Credit score, McLean, your entire life should be about your credit score. You don't understand, it's the most important number of all time. So first credit of all, scores are real, and they are definitely important. So the first myth about credit scores, you need a credit score to give... 
the, the main myth about credit scores. Oh, you need a good credit score. You you, you gotta go. You you got a number someone just made up. Credit score is important. You gotta go into debt to get your credit score up. Credit cards. You gotta do all this because eventually you're gonna buy a house. You can't buy a house without a good credit score. Gigantic myth. That was not true until like the 70s, I think. Used to be what banks did was uh they were the I think you what's it called what's it called ah shoot you you can get a mortgage without a credit score that's how everybody got mortgages until like the 70s I mean I mean, first of all here's home buying back in the day up until the. Yeah, up until the 60s, home buying, you'd get married when you were 20, you'd rent and save money until until you were 30, and then then you would get a mortgage on the house. It's just what you did. Uh, these days, you think, oh man, if you're renting a house, you're just lighting your money on fire. Garbage myth. Um, everybody repeats that because they hear it, you know. I just lighten your money. You gotta buy a house, but like right away, as soon as you can, buy that house. Well, you, even if you have to make a, a $50 down payment and you pay it off over the course of 70 years, you gotta buy that house, McLean, as soon as possible. No, just... No. Save money, get a big down payment, saved up, and get a mortgage from... And few companies do this now, but they're, they're still out there. You can get mortgages from companies that do not require a credit score. What they do is they actually look at your income, they look at your bills, they look at uh, whether or not you pay your rent, and they go, Oh yeah, well then do you. It's called, I think it's called manual underwriting. It's how everybody got a mortgage before this credit score thing came around. Like, it's... And, 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 and then the assumption is, oh, well, you'll have to pay a higher interest rate. That's not, that's not, that's not true. Like, yeah. anyway. Do you know what your credit score is? The last time I checked, mine was about 800. That's great, right? I should be absolutely undeniably stoked. Well, I'm not, actually. I couldn't care less. This is from the website clubthrifty.com. Um, personally, uh, I, I took out credit once when I was in high school. I had no clue what I was doing for a car thing. Uh, and I messed it up. I ended up owing somebody. I had a collection agency come after me. I paid it off, so that's gone. So now the only thing on my credit score is my student loans. And I've been paying those off. Uh, minimum monthly price. And so they're like, oh, okay, yeah, your credit score is fair. Which means you get nothing. You need to go into more debt. You can't get a good credit score without going into more debt. The whole idea behind the credit score is you have to go into debt in order to be qualified to go into more debt. It is insane. If you actually pay off your debt, if you don't have debt anymore, you don't have a good credit score. To get a good credit score, you have to owe someone money. It's insane. It's the stupidest thing we ever came up with. The lending industry has bombarded us with propaganda about credit scores for years. They would have us believe everybody should be striving to increase their credit score. They make us believe that the only way to financial security is through a high credit score. If your credit score is low, you may be up S Creek without a paddle. Now, a high credit score can't help you secure a loan, but what I'm here to tell you is that this line of thinking is hogwash. Big pile of crap. Credit score is one of the most deceptive, meaningless marketing tools that the lending industry uses to finance to, er, to control your financial behavior. A credit score, aka a FICO score, F-I-C-O, uh, those are somebody's initials who came up with it, is essentially a tool that lenders use to determine the level of risk they're accepting by granting you a loan. The type and age of the accounts you hold, your past history of later delinquent payments, the total amount of debt you've accrued, some of the factors that determine your credit score, the score above 700 is considered good credit management. The lower your score, the bigger risk you pose to a bank who's willing to lend money to you. The higher your score, the less risk you pose. For many years, People have been taught that good credit equals good financial stability. That's flat-out deception. Financial stability should be measured by how little debt you owe rather than how much debt you're allowed to accumulate. There's plenty of extremely wealthy people who have low scores because they don't use credit. Instead of being worried about how your score affects your financial stability, you should be much more worried about the effect your debt is having. 
Why would Banks try to convince you that mythical number is so important? The answer is simple, to get you to purchase more credit so they can make more money. The lending industry perpetuates the myth of the credit score in a way that is similar to how your friendly local drug dealer peddles his products. The lenders make it easy for you to get your first taste of credit. From the time you turn 18, they bombard you with direct mail, offering you the chance to get your first credit card. They'll partner with colleges and universities to sell those cards. Build your credit and help your school at the same time is a promise that offers the opportunity to buy things you can't afford and the illusion of freedom at the same time. What 18-year-old doesn't crave freedom? Once the lenders worm you into their system, they really have you hooked. The credit score simply is another way for them to keep you buying their product. They tell you about the wonders of what credit can do for you. You want a brand new car you can't actually afford? Don't worry, just use a little credit. Just just pay that minimum payment every month. You're responsible, right? You can do it. Pay the minimum payment every month and you'll just owe, uh, you know, a few hundred thousand dollars over the course of a lifetime. It's fine. It's fine. Don't buy a new car. Never take out a loan to buy a car. You pay cash for a car, my friend. You, If you're taking out a loan, to buy a car. You are insane. You are a nut. Why are you doing that? Don't do that. But Clint, did you take out a loan to buy a car? No. Buy with cash, baby. Oh, you did? Oh, well, didn't Gage then? Yep. Okay, that's what I figured. That's why he's defending it. He, he got that car. Credit must be good. Um, anyway, what 18-year-old doesn't crave freedom? Uh, oh, I said that already. Oh, let's see here. Look, you want a new pair of shoes, you, you're a little strapped for cash, so go ahead, you can afford it, just charge it and pay it off minimally. You can do it, it's just, it feels so good. They've spun the fairy trails of a brilliant future paid for with free money. Chances are that you're already addicted to their drug. I mean, it's all like uh, student loans. Yeah, you'll just pay, student loans is the same idea. You, 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 you tell an 18, 19, 20 year old, hey, free money. I mean, I mean, you pay it off later, but that's, that's future you. And you can always do like minimum payments, it's fine, free money. Come on, you want to go to college? Big stamp. Anyway, occasionally one of their clients has the bright idea that they'll break free from their credit addiction. And in order to squash a mass exodus, debt pushers use fear to whip remaining clients back into line. By downgrading the scores of people who no longer use or require credit, the banks punish those who have slipped through their clutches by taking away the thing that they think they need, their credit score. By convincing the masses of the value of their precious credit score, banks have conned most of us into staying perpetually in debt to them. It's truly a brilliant marketing plan. In truth, the term credit score should not be should not be called that at all. Credit is a prettier way to say the word debt. If this metric were named a potential for debt score instead of a credit score, it would probably lose a lot of its appeal. We've used credit score before successfully to our advantage. Without credit, I wouldn't have been able to buy the house that I live in, blah, blah, blah. Although we couldn't afford them at the time, we never would have been able to purchase our two rental houses, blah, 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 blah. The allure... The, the attraction of credit is a very real and addictive thing. Credit makes purchasing so easy, especially when it comes to big ticket items. For example, my wife and I recently paid one last giant payment towards a car we originally purchased using credit. What we thought was going to be a joyous and triumphant moment felt more like a funeral. We were sure it would feel great to have that car, car payment behind us, and now it does, but the actual moment where we had to write that huge check really hurt. We had worked hard to save that money and it was gone. We felt like we were paying for something we already purchased. We had deluded ourselves into thinking the money we had in our possession was actually ours. Unfortunately, this money wasn't really ours, and the car wasn't either. Using credit masked the true cost, and thus the pain of the actual purchase. For us, the moment became less of a triumph and more of a lesson about not repeating our past mistakes. You think when you pay when you pay for something with a credit card, yeah, man, it's uh, 
I can just have the product now, and I can just pay it off in little tiny easy chumps. I mean, instead of, instead of, uh, I mean, normally you'd save up your money, and then you'd have that big hit of, ooh, I'm, I'm paying for this thing, and it's kind of a blow at the moment that I'm giving up this money for this thing. Now you're just killing yourself with death by a thousand cuts. It's, it's even, it's worse, because the car is not really yours, because you haven't actually paid for it yet, and you're still paying for it. Every single month you're paying for it. You're, you're, uh, it's the Proverbs, uh, 22-7, and Barr is a slave to the lender, man. It should hurt to make large purchases. This buy now, pay later mentality has gotten Americans into trouble over the last hundred years. Americans have bought into a mentality that believes the bill will never come due. While carrying debt works fine during the good times, problems begin to surface when everything doesn't go as planned. Everyone thinks, oh yeah, no, I'll be able to pay this off. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there's no, no problems are going to happen. There's never going to be a month where I'm short on money. Everything will be fine. I can predict the future for 20 years ahead of time, McLean. And I'm going to be perfectly on time every month for 20 years. I could not care less about my credit score. I am determined to no longer use debt to fund my lifestyle. I refuse to use credit to buy things I can't afford. A high credit score does nothing for somebody who pays his debts. The only real way to win the game is to not play. Make a zero-sum budget, become debt-free, don't buy things you can't afford, and don't go into debt for any reason. Only then will you know the taste of financial security, and you can actually invest that money that you're sinking into your debt payments. You know, uh, put, uh, put 500 bucks into a mutual stock every month? You'd be, uh, you'd be a millionaire in like 20 years. It's... come on. It's, it's, it's insane. It's nuts. It's nuts. It's nuts credit. McLean, uh, I'm done talking about shaving and credit. Two very it important issues. It is about time. McLean was zoned now for that last half hour. Uh, if you can read well, me I was, the post. I was gone. I looked up the Alaska Railway System. I I was falling down r slash vegan rabbit holes. I was, I was, I was in a world all my own. Well, hopefully this life advice has sunk into McLean's subconscious. And maybe Gage's if he's in the next room. Maybe if you could, like, whisper to him while he sleeps. Credit is bad. Don't go in the dead. I don't know. But anyway, now that I've done all that, I I'm done talking. McLean, if you will kindly start reading r slash relationship advice posts, and I'll, I'll give the answers to these problems. You pitch me the ball, and I'll knock it out of the park, McLean. I'm ready to solve some pro I'm ready to fix some lives. These poor, sad saps on Reddit. Let me at them. Hold on, hold on. I found I found some a couple ones that seemed interesting earlier, but the, apparently I have scrolled way past them. Lesbian couple interaction. I'll skip that one for now. I ah, here we go. Um, boyfriend backed into my car. Hi everyone. Tonight, my boyfriend, 21 male, and I, 21 female, dating for one year and eight months. So this is a this is a year and a half. This they've been they've been together for a little bit now. Well, I'm a little okay. curious why they've been together for a year and a half and they're still at the boyfriend and girlfriend stage. But no matter. Uh, today, my boyfriend were my boyfriend and I were taking his car to go get boba. He wasn't paying attention and he backed into my car. The door is dented and the paint will have to be redone. Functionally, it is fine, but definitely a decent amount of work to be needed. My biggest struggle is how to navigate these emotions. I know it was an accident. I know he is sorry, and I know he is upset. It took everything in me not to yell at him or express my anger. I oh. simply said I am going home, walked in, grabbed my belongings, then went back to my car and called my mom. I haven't spoken to him yet because I don't want to say anything hurtful. 
Any advice on how to navigate these emotions? It's the car my parents gave me, so I'm also worried that their perspective of him will change. Uh, for, okay, step one, I mean, problem one, uh, it seems like you're a little materialistic there, um, but, but, I actually was in this exact same situation. Almost exact same situation. Um, but let me remember my little red Tracel, right? I, it's still out there. I need, I need to get it hauled away. It's yes. junk. I need to garbage it, trash it. Oh, is um, that what happened to it? Someone ran it over? That explains a lot. Listen, 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 listen. Um, I had already hit a deer with it, right? So I was already missing uh, uh, half, of the, half of the grill on one side. The other half was taken off one night when my dear sweet friend Alicia Johnson backed the church van into it. The bumper of the back of the church van was at the exact same height as my headlights and she smashed that puppy. She felt terrible oh, no. about it. Uh, she's never going to hear this. It's fine. I haven't brought it up since because I'm not a jerk. Um, she, she felt terrible about it. Everything was fine. Everything was fine. I didn't feel the urge to yell and scream at her because it was an accident. And it was just a car. Big deal. It's a car. That's, that's my solution to this problem. Big deal. It's, it's just, just a, a car. car. Chill out. I think I think you're up here. You're up here. Now, if your boyfriend starts Take breaking other things, maybe we have a different problem. I don't know. I mean, if Jake had smashed my car into the back of somebody else's in Moab like he was trying to, I don't even think I would have been that upset at him. Well, maybe. But still, um, I think you I think you need to take it down. Take it down a notch. Here is an advertisement for two very large, obese women in scantily clad underwear. I'll buy it. What is it? That looks. Valentine's Day prints on me undies. That send me the link. Send me the link. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll shoot that over to you. Um, Good. Let's see. Okay, I'm, uh, maybe I won't read that one actually. Um, <laughs> I love my boyfriend, but he loves taking drugs and lied to me about it. Leave. There we go. We're, we're done. <laughs> oh, do we even need to? Do we even need to read it? Or? I yeah, go with you. I want to hear how That's she justifies. Jake, the website here. is called. He's such a the nice website guy. Website is named Read It. Of course, well, I have you to don't read understand. it. You don't understand. He's a wonderful guy. He just has these one or two little flaws, like the rampant drug use. I mean, most of the advice, most of the replies on here aren't even bad, but like. It, it's so obvious, why do you even need to post this here? My boyfriend, 18 male, and I, 18 female, have been together for a little more than 9 months and have grown connection together so much. The problem is, he behind, has, behind, in my opinion, behind. a huge drug problem. The, the, the problem with Reddit is their users are all asocial spazoids who don't have a lick of common sense in their head. That's why this is funny. You're going to Reddit for answers to problems that were so obvious to the rest of the world. But you people are so messed up. You're like, uh, random people on the internet. There, there is a giant. I, I have a um, a uh, I don't, I don't know, uh, a venomous snake. My boyfriend uh, killed my, my dog. Neck. What should I do? <laughs> should him. I leave the snake here? I don't know. I'm about to step into an open manhole. Is this a good idea? I I know literally when nothing we... about the world. When we first started dating, I was under the impression he only smoked a little and didn't do anything hard. Later, come to find out, slowly but surely, he tries really any drug to get him high and is struggling with addiction. I love him to death and I try so hard to get him to stop and avoid the addictive ones, but it's so difficult. No, you're he used both to listen terrible. to my, my advice. You're both terrible. At least Neither I thought. You should but ever now get it feels like we've been together so to long. You're 18 years old, you have not been together that long. Been together for a little more than nine months. Break up with him right now. You should probably should go to therapy and he should go to rehab, but if he doesn't, 
If he doesn't accept help, then that's on you, man. I messed up. Let me see. Oh, oh, here's a good one. Um, girl has a girlfriend has a strong connection with her ex best friend. So I've been dating this girl for five months now, and I've recently been feeling really insecure about her relationship with her ex-best friend. They were best friends before I even got to really know her, and they were really close best friends. They cuddled, kissed, and she even admitted having felt a strong sexual tension between them. You're done. Out. Leave. She's going to it is really important she hasn't already. It is really important here why they decided to finish their relationship as friends, but they are trying to come back again, and I have two main issues with this. Personally, I don't think anyone you kiss and cuddle with, and most importantly feel attracted to, can be considered as a friend as I'm not into open relationships. Yeah, why are you on Reddit to ask? You know the answer, what are you doing here? Their friendship. You already know the answer! You just need you just need the self-confidence to say, no, I'm done here. Come on, you sap, you simp! Get out of here! You know the answer. What are you, what are you uh, waiting for? He says, he says, I'm not a native English speaker, so I apologize if I have expressed myself incorrectly, and I would obviously try to change my behavior if you think I'm doing anything wrong. So feel free to give me advice on you. This is like the old oh, joke, uh, like a, like a, ah, what was it? A Danny Thomas routine was like, uh, Danny, you... On the, the Bickersons, Danny, you, you let someone else go with you and your girlfriend to the movies? Yeah, this uh, this big jock, and boy, what an idiot he was. He paid for the tickets, and he spent the whole time h kissing and hugging my girlfriend. <laughs> it's like, I'm just nice get like guy. a little more self-aware. I'm a nice guy, and I'm just a little, I'm a little too insecure weaselly to actually stick up for myself here, so. And am I in the wrong here? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I need to read this one. I'll just read you the title. My 24 female boyfriend, 25 male, has been masturbating to photos of a girl he hooked up with in college. No! Stop! <laughs> First of all, how did you find out? You're not even gonna know. You're, you're both weird. Stop it. Just stop it. Just all this stop it. Get out of there. You're done. My girlfriend talks a lot, and it makes me very tired. She just keeps talking about everything and nothing. I've told her about it, and she agrees that she needs to get better at asking questions and listening rather than talking. How can I help us? I... I... But, um, I, I think I'd have to actually meet your girlfriend to tell whether she's she's actually just... I mean, if she's just a vapid, like, not a thought in her head, and she's just blah, 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 then yeah, maybe... I don't know, maybe that's a little too much, but, like, I, I don't know. Maybe you're easily annoyed. I don't know either of you. How can I give you advice in this situation? <laughs> by the way, McClane, be sure to tell me if the comments have any repulsive and reprehensible suggestions. Oh, here's, here's an interesting one I think we can discuss. My boyfriend has the diet of a 10-year-old. Was this posted by Alex's girlfriend? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know, but anyway. <laughs> I am a 22 female living with my 23 male boyfriend, and the way he eats is pretty disgusting. His diet consists of McDonald's, candy, chips, ramen noodles, and an occasional beer. It's to the point where I'm repulsed when he starts eating because I keep my diet clean and healthy and he wakes up and eats candy. On top of that, I won't let him... I won't let him, um... Um... I don't know how to say that in a Westbrook's friendly manner, Just but... say sexually explicit. I won't let him sexually explicit because his diet is so crappy and I don't want it throwing off my pH. Okay, and he gets yeah, so yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, you're a hippie and he's a baby. 
just break up and you find a hippie and he can find another baby. There we go. There's the answer. <laughs> uh, here's, here's, here's the advice I wanted to see. What advice are you seeking? This sounds like a rant. OP responds, I don't know, just opinions, I guess. And they say, if you live in the USA, his diet is not far off of for many of us that roam around. I think you'll meet him at minimum. I think you'll meet at minimum of half of men and women that eat this way. You'll need to be a little more realistic or you'll end up marrying a plant. This looks like an, like an incel kind of thing, like, Hey, look, most- Look, you need to be a little more realistic about the type of man you want. Really, you want me. You just realize that you want me. And if you don't want me, you're gonna die alone. This is, now, this is the kind of comment section I wanted on here, because we were talking about people giving good advice on Reddit. This is more like it. This is people defending the boyfriend that eats like a child. So you're looking to what? Have a real meaningful conversation about this? Lamau, you're asking the wrong question. The question isn't, will my boyfriend change in the future? The question is, do I want to date my current boyfriend the way he currently is? I think your ideas about health are, for the most part, a bit silly. However, you're the one dating your boyfriend. Instead of worrying about whether he'll stop eating fast food and candy in the future, my guess is he will not, worry about whether you want to date him right now. Honestly, I don't think you're being fair to either of you if you keep dating him while being this turned off by his diet. I would hate to be in a relationship where the thought of my partner's the uh, I would also hate to be in a relationship where my partner is disgusted by me because I eat too many chips. McLean, I should be allowed to be 300 pounds and eating Eggo waffles for every meal, and you should be okay with that. Okay? If you're disgusted with me, you're, you're weird. That's, that's weird, man. That's a weird thing. Everybody eats like this, McLean. Everybody does. We're also very fat. I don't know if that's anything to do. Hey, whatever. I'm thinking out loud, I suppose. Uh, let's, let's see, these are some, these people need some help, and I don't think they're fine on Reddit. <laughs> this has got to be a joke, right? I cheated with a famous Minecraft YouTuber and need help with the gif, guilt. Stop cheating on your boyfriend, and stop watching YouTube videos about Minecraft. What are you doing? What? Uh, hello, I have been looking here for a long time, but this is my first post ever. I am a native Herm speaker, so please excuse the errors. As you can tell by the title, I have been cheating with a very famous YouTube. We'll call him DTDM. Not his real name. I was quite popular on his YouTube channel, but eventually I had to move on. This, is this was motivated by the fact that my science career was taking off. We faked my death for the kids and the views, but me and him still Okay, this is fake. I'm... I wrote fanfic on Reddit and they got upvotes, McLean, come on. Okay, okay, people in the comments are saying that this is, this is fake, so. Or other people are taking it seriously, so. I don't know, I don't know what to make of that. Um, boyfriend therapy, someone who's willing to listen will suffice. <laughs> oh boy. Um, I, hey, I gotta take time to actually, like, preview these to see if they're decent. <laughs> Uh, this is a wall of text, a, not a block of text. This is a, I have been with my boyfriend for eight months now and things are pretty perfect. We've gone on multiple trips and vacations together already and he has met my family and I've also met him, his. He constantly tells me how amazing I am and I've never been happier. The issue is that the other day we were hanging out at his house. He was showing me something on his phone and a notification for Snapchat popped up. I didn't even know he had a Snapchat and I noticed the person who messaged him was a girl. Now I have been cheated on in the past and specifically my ex cheated on me using the Snapchat app. 
This is totally my issue, but whenever I see Snapchat on Guile's phone, I immediately think F-boy. So I brought it up to him. I said, oh, I didn't know you had a Snapchat, and I also asked him who the girl he messaged him was. He immediately turned red in the face and started spewing out this lie about how she was an old colleague. I knew it was a lie because based on his reactions. So I asked him if I could see a Snapchat because I wanted to play with the filters. He got red in the face again and tried changing the subject, and then he went to the bathroom, and after coming out of the bathroom, he told me he didn't feel well and he needed to lay down. Things got super weird, so I told him I was just going to go home. Literally, things with him were perfect until I saw the Snapchat notification. So I go home, and after a few hours, I call him to see how he's doing. I tell him I want to meet up and talk to him. We meet up, and I he's tell him I know he's you. lying about Told him, please just be honest with me. This man was on the verge of tears and told me he's never felt this way about anyone before, so he wanted to be completely honest with me. He told me the girl who messaged him was an old S. Eckstein buddy. <laughs> You know, you Apparently just have those old were... buddies, you know, your old pals. <laughs> you just send new photos. Apparently, they had never met. Apparently, they had never met, so he says. And they my had been texting for my about a year before buddies, he met me. My old, my old friends from the Navy, the old Army pals. Then I got my uh, sex team buddies. <laughs> he told me once he met me, he completely stopped sexting her. But she still occasionally texts him to say hi. I asked him why he was still on his Snapchat, and he told me once he got in a relationship with me, he stopped responding back to the girl and essentially ghosted. You're both terrible. The he fact that, that you even think that that is a normal good thing to be doing, sexting anyone. You he said stop. that he was hoping she would take the hand and not message him anymore, but she still occasionally does. He told me she knows he has a girlfriend now. My boyfriend well, is currently. You can stop reading. The, 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 the answer is you're both terrible people. If your boyfriend has a Snapchat and is constantly posting on uh, social media, you should break up with him. McLean, uh, I noticed that you have a Snapchat and you are constantly snapping. I uh, don't have a girlfriend, girls. so. Oh no, you just I don't you have just a girlfriend to the so. girls with the Snapchat. I see how it works. <laughs> My son found out that I used to be a stripper. <laughs> oh boy, just really, really wading through the muck here. Here's another good one. Nope, I'm not reading that. So. It's basically the same post, honestly. Uh, I, I, I'll sum up most of our slash relationship advice. We're sexual degenerates and it's come back to bite us. I'm shocked. Okay, I have not read this one at all, but relationship advice is not just about romance. It's about family, friendship, co-workers, etc. Um, so, we're here to help. Are my parents being too controlling? I... 18-year-old female, have been a hard-working straight-A student my whole life. I'm the eldest child in a very strict family. I've never- not that strict if you're posting on Reddit. I've never done drugs or done anything major that would go against my parents. Right now, I am technically a senior in high school, but I've not attended in-person school since my freshman year, did online, and am currently in the second semester of attending college full-time. I'm technically a senior in high school, second semester of attending college full-time. I'm also volunteering at a local zoo, which I am hoping to work at in the future through an internship next fall. That is a confusing paragraph. While volunteering, I met a 20-year-old female, and we immediately had a connection- 20-year-old male, I should say. And we immediately had a connection. We started dating a few weeks later, and things have been really incredible. I have a great relationship with his family, and spend a lot of my free time with him that would normally be wasted staying at home. It's been about two months since we started seeing each other. This is the first serious relationship I had. Classes have started back up this week for the spring semester. My schedule right now has me on campus two days a week. Uh, today I came home from my class and head over to his place at 10.30 after spending some time with my parents to let him know what I'd be up to. They seemed okay with it. Fast forward to around 7 p.m. This... <laughs> Fast forward to around 7 p.m. I text my mom asking her what time she wanted me home tonight because I didn't ask earlier and she completely blows up in my face. She wrote that I was messing up her relationship... 
messing up her relationship with A by asking to stay later, and that she really doesn't like that I have been out so long. This is just a I whiny teenage head home. girl, McLean. I, I don't care. I, I don't think there's even a problem. When I get home, I'm lectured by both my parents with them at saying that I've lost all sense of direction and I'm going to end up being a bum if I keep heading in this direction. I didn't realize spending enough time with someone. Ah, uh, that was confusing. Basically, uh, for someone who's apparently going to high school and college at the same time, they cannot write. Whiny, whine, whine, don't care. Uh, used to be you'd have to write down all this inane rambling in your diary, not teenage girls just go on a day to post about how their feelings were hurt most recently, you know, it's, uh, don't care. Uh, I, male 22, approach girlfriend, female 19, about how her having her ex on Snapchat and talking to him frequently bothered me. Snapchat has ruined many a relationship. She yeah. proceeded to immediately remove him, which was a nice gesture. Hold on, hold on. My issue here is that she also changed her phone password right after. I know that she also texted him through iMessage. I'm assuming to not keep a streak on Snapchat. She has always been honest and told me about the talking and what they talk about. At least something knowledge. Um, at least to my knowledge. The ex also lives across the country from us, but when we were looking at something in her browser together, she happened to view all of the tabs open. So many relationships. Why do you own it? And one of them Stop was hotels it. in our town. Get off she claims to be media. over him. They yeah, split a year ago exactly almost. Garbage. Stop. <laughs> and she had other flings in between him and I. But something about him just bothers me and I'm not sure how to feel about her changing her password. She refuses to type in the new one when her new face ID won't work. Why do you have... Okay, first of all, why do you have social media? Stop it. Second of all, um, I always think it's weird when couples want access to each other's phones. I don't know, it just it seems odd to me. It's like, oh, I, I need to get his pass, I gotta get that, change the password on the phone, password. It's like, just, just stop it. Get off of social media and stop being degenerates. Okay, that's the answer. My girlfriend recently got her cat back, and ever since she is obsessed with it. Today she made me get up so she could lay by the cat, and then basically pushed me off the bed in order to not disrupt the cat sleeping. She told me <laughs> that the cat is more important than me and is more precious. I've already tried to voice my opinion, but it's a man then went with the same idea that the cat is better. What should I do? You're a little soy Man's boy. getting cucked by a cat. <laughs> you, you, you need to man up a little bit, pal. I think that's the issue here. Nobody respects uh, you. Apparently you this is a, a cat in her eyes. Looks like this is a lesbian relationship. Oh. You're all terrible. No wonder. No wonder. She she values you as much uh, as she values the cat. Who thought? You, you, duh. I don't know who'd what you thought? expected would happen here. Should I tell an old friend his significant other is cheating? Uh, that is a very long paragraph. Short answer, yes, you should. Yep. What's the best way to tell my girlfriend about my very specific fetish? Uh, uh, you're a degenerate. Stop. Get therapy, I'd say. I'm a fighter that needs someone in my corner. Where is my partner when I need her? McLean, there might be time to end this episode of West Bros. Oh, I think so. I think, uh... R slash relationship advice, definitely a terrible subreddit, but not a fun one to read through by any means. So instead, I would just leave you... What have we learned today? We've learned, um, don't go into debt, you're stupid. Um, your relationship problems, if you're on Reddit.com, your relationship problems stem from the fact that either you or the other person is a degenerate and you need to stop uh, and get off social media. And we've also learned that um, don't shave with, uh, with disposable garbage. 
Why not electric razor? That's a bad idea. Here's a good, here's a solid vegan meme. Vegan food is unhealthy is the claim, and side by side it has a picture of a vegan salad and it says ingredients romaine lettuce, bell pepper, red onion, cherry tomatoes, cucumber, chickpeas, avocado, cilantro, oregano, salt, pepper, tahani dressing, tahani, lemon juice, maple syrup, rice, vinegar, Not sesame oil, garlic, water, yes. sea salt, black pepper. And then on the other side is a tub of lard and it says ingredients lard. So really, really showed you. Lard? Oh, you mean the uh, an energy source that your body can use versus a bunch of uh, indigestible plant matter? Uh, they keep posting memes about uh, how you wouldn't eat dogs or cats, uh, which is not true. I would definitely eat a dog or a cat. I feel like the price point of KFC's Beyond Chicken Nuggets is deliberately setting them up to fail. Mm. Dogs and cats occupy a different role in our culture. We raise them for companionship, not for food. That's why we don't eat them. If we lived in a culture where they were raised oh, sure. for food, then we would eat them. Don't get booster shot, but drink tons of P-word cow lactation to keep you healthy. Luffamow, okay. Uh, <laughs> look, if I if I reword this thing I don't like with this girl, instead of plants, I'll call them indigestible uh, carbon matter, or uh, leafy, um, fibrous, <laughs> leafy fibrous rabbit food. That's what I call it now. Now it's gross. This person is a vegan and prison abolitionist. Uh, so, there you go. Um, here's here's a good one. Is a rant. Um, I thought we were wrapping the show up. Why have we delved back into vegan? I'm sorry. Sorry. This is this is something I posted on our slash vegan. Uh, I was feeling a little guilty. So under username, uh, throwaway Bob Dylan five. I'm so so sorry. I haven't eaten meat in a week now since I just. <laughs> I'm a vegan of one whole week. <laughs> one I haven't eaten meat in a week sober. now since I've decided to be healthier. I told myself I was doing it just to lose weight, but didn't realize the truth. Only after watching Dominion has it all come to me. That's the new. That's the latest uh, vegan documentary that's, that's new making the rounds. Good. Yeah. Why did I ever just? Why did I ever try to justify eating animals? Every single one of them is so beautiful and intelligent in their own way. Oh, no. Whether it's a housefly or an elephant, every creature deserves to live. They all have their own beautiful, complex ways of living. They all form bonds and see and make noises, and they all want us to be safe. Animals truly are oppressed. <laughs> I feel sick at all of the meat and milk and fast food I've consumed. All of the lives that were lost just so I could stuff my face. I've moving on from milk, cheese, yogurt, chocolate, all that jazz as soon as I get up in the morning. I don't ever want to effing touch an animal product again. I'm so, so sorry, angels. I'll do what I can to share the word. No one deserves to face what animals do. This is what emotional manipulation looks like, McClane. This, this is the kind of thing that makes me want to go directly to McDonald's and start pounding burgers. And I can't do that because I'm on keto. Do you realize how hard that is for me, Jake? Hey, hey, grab, get, get your frozen patties out of the freezer and uh, slap them on either a keto bar. And just even, well, I mean, do what I do. I like to, uh, I like to take a low-carb tortilla, throw the ground beef in there, toss some sour cream on there. Yeah, it's pretty good. Gotta lose that holiday weight. I, I foolishly thought, hey, yeah, it's holidays. I can spend a month eating garbage and I won't get fat. Oh, look, I gained some weight eating those grains, drinking that yeast. Gaining those grains. Winning that this week. has been another long, rambling, and disjointed episode of West Bros. Seems like we've been having a lot of those recently. 
Uh, the best kind. That is the only kind right now. 2022 has been a rough start for Westbros. 2022 is going to be the year of Westbros. The year of the bros. Shave clean, shave easy. Shave Gillette for the finest shaves a man can get. To look and feel sharp, use the stainless blade that outshaves all the others made. The Gillette stainless steel blade has the world's sharpest, easiest shaving, long-lasting edges. You're guaranteed more superb shaves than with any other blade or your money back from Gillette. Shave clean, shave easy. Shave Gillette for the finest shaves a man can get.